Hi, this is Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project, solving the insecurity problem at a global level. This podcast is a mixture of interviews, coaching sessions, and personal development content. You'll hear me chat with experts, authors, speakers, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life as a result of working through their insecurity. You'll hear brave souls being willing to have a live coaching demonstration recorded where they work through their insecurity. And you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high-quality personal development content to help you on your journey. I hope you find it useful. Now on to today's show. Hey, it's Jamin. It's 10 Minute Tuesday time. I'm excited about getting to share this topic with you. I mean, I love sharing all the topics, but I've been thinking about this one all day. The subject of identity and answering the question, who am I? What does it mean to be me? Interesting question and a very hard question to answer. So, you know, the, the question is how in the world are you to discover who you really are? How does that happen? How does someone get clear about their identity? How do, you, how do you find a true sense of who you really are? Such an abstract question, but such an important one. And often people are looking in all the wrong places. It doesn't stop them looking there or continuing to search their, their whole life. So I want to start today by just showing you a few of the ineffective strategies people have for finding themselves. Um, no matter how common they are, people still resort to them. The first is trying to identify with what you do. So I am what I do. And it relates to how we introduce ourselves and how we greet one another. You know, the first question we ask is, so what do you do? Tell me about what you do, because I want to know about you by what you do. And it's common to identify and to attach identity with task, with role, with function. I am a teacher. I am a coach. I am a parent. I am a friend. This is who I am by what I do. But I don't think doing could ever fully capture what it means to be you. So the challenge with identifying with a, with a form of doing is that the moment you can't do that, then all of a sudden you're no one anymore. So if you get fired from your job or if something prevents you from doing what you're good at or you know something changes externally and you can't do what you do, well, then you cease to exist as a person. So that has to be, you have to be able to find identity outside of what you do. Often people identify with their mistakes. Who are you? are you? Are you your mistakes? Are you the sum total of the poor choices you've made? Is that who you are? Is that the best indicator of what it means to really be you? And often people would, at a subconscious level, think that is true. They're kind of keeping track of their past mistakes and failures and feeling like this proves their inadequacy. It proves there's something wrong with them. Often people are more likely to keep track of their mistakes rather than their successes. But again, how could a mistake ever describe what it means to be you. You know, it's a mistake. It's a choice that didn't work out how you intended to. We're, we're human. Obviously, we're not perfect. So, of course, we're going to make mistakes. So, mistakes are in no way an indicator of who you really are. Are you your behavior? I had a conversation with someone just this week, and the, and the line was used, once a thief, always a thief. So, it's common for people to identify by how they act and and to label others by how they act as well. Um, Again, another poor indicator of identity because we are not what I do. We are not what we do. Every behavior is simply an attempt to meet a need. So often we behave in really unresourceful ways, in ways that even go against our values simply simply because we haven't found a higher quality way to meet a need that is tied to being human. So behavior is not an accurate indicator of identity. Your past aligned with your mistakes. Again, people are often attaching identity to 
where they have been and they feel that that is the best indicator of where they will head in the future as well. And so people get trapped into story. They get trapped into a way of being. They get trapped into patterns of living because that's just how they've always operated. And so it becomes them. Uh, but again, it is a poor indicator of true identity. How could where you have been ever fully capture what it means to be you, the uniquely and inherently beautiful, wonderful being that you are? Perhaps you could find out who you are by what others say about you. Uh, again, a lot of people place emphasis on this. They, they crave feedback. They're always looking to others to validate them, to approve of them, to speak well of them, to encourage them, and they go off that sense of validation. They always crave it, and they want more and more. They're very keen to know what others say. Um, but it is a poor form of identity and not a very accurate way of working out who you really are because how could anyone else really know who you are inside? People are running their own filters. They're operating out of their own neediness and insecurity. They're projecting what they want you to be on you and often totally misunderstanding you or totally um, you know, obscuring what is really happening for you. So it's, again, a poor form of understanding your identity. Perhaps you can find out who you are based on what God says. Um, I talk to a lot of people and that is their primary go-to strategy. They think all you need in terms of identity is uh, a sense of what God says about you. Now, you know, I, I love the Bible and I think there's some really beautiful things that the scriptures say about people and our value. Yet interestingly, um, even just taking God as love, which is a beautiful descriptor of who God is and what God is like, uh, we still filter this love based on what we believe about ourselves. So the purest love in the universe still gets distorted and deleted and generalized based on our own presuppositions, our own filters, and our own belief, and our own story of our value. So it doesn't come down to what God says about us because we don't accurately see God and we can't accurately understand God. We all have our very limited understandings and ideas about who God is or what God says in the first place. So again, it's not an accurate way of finding out your identity. Here is the sum total of identity. You are who you become. Now, that's interesting, right? Because it's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy. But rather than just follow a process that you feel like you have no control over, this is about positioning yourself as the one who is in control, positioning yourself as the empowered individual, the one who is creating the story, not just the actor in the story. So I think when, when I think about identity for myself, like I, I was having a conversation with my wife about some friends that we have and we're just observing their life and we were positioning ourselves as a judge, um, which is unfair but very common and a natural thing to do, to observe someone else's decisions and to assess them for their value. So, you know, not every, coach, not every conversation is without judgment, even in my own world. When I'm in the coaching space, I have no judgment, but... As a person, I, I judge all the time. Um, it's a natural, unhealthy thing to do. So we were judging some of the decisions that this person had made in our own limited way and just observing the fact that um, where they had positioned themselves, it seemed in our eyes they had not watered seeds in their life. So I think all gifts, all talents, all skills, all, uh, all things that we become are given to us in the form of seed. No one emerges from the womb fully cooked, fully prepared, fully experienced, fully skillful, you know, fully wise. You have to cultivate those things. You have to water them. And whatever you water in your life grows. So 
you know, you might say, well, you have become a person who is kind, who is courageous, who is a leader. Well, how did you become those things? Well, you nurtured seeds. You nurtured the things that were given to you inside you, natural desires, natural talents, natural inclinations. You gave yourself permission to explore those things. You gave yourself permission to grow them. So you are who you become. If you don't grow anything in your life, well, then you will become uh, a, a not very well-formed person. You become a person who is immature, who is easily tossed around, who doesn't have much substance. If you are someone who is full of character and full of wisdom and full of maturity, it is because you've watered the seeds in your life. So I think in terms of you are who you become, um, exploring desire in your life and allowing desire to lead you and exploring what it is that gives you life is an amazing way of shaping identity. Because if you notice the things that you have followed in your life, they have become how you identify yourself, how you describe yourself to others, how others identify you based on the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're good at, which all come from desire that you followed. Talent, character, values, experience are all in the form of seed in your life. Seed full of potential. What are you going to do with it? Will you let it lie fallow or will you water it, grow it, nurture it, cultivate it? So beautiful things that emerge in your life come out of nurtured seed. Um, destructive things that emerge in your life and get tied to identity can come in exactly the same way, through the lack of choice, through the lack of change. I'm sure you could uh, you know, easily picture or identify people in your world who have almost abandoned themselves to dysfunction. They are so set in their ways that it has become their identity. It has become who they are. It has become deeply pathological. It has become intertwined with their DNA. It's almost like it has become infused with every cell in their body. They have become a depressed person. They have become an anxious person. They have become a hateful person, a revengeful person, a negative person, a sad person. They have become a victim. Now, you don't become any of those things without giving yourself to those things. You can't, you're not born like that. That's not a result of just, um, you know, what you were given. But if you don't change those things, if you don't make any other choices, that is where you will end up. And it will become your identity. You will not be able to differentiate yourself from these dysfunctions. What you feed becomes a part of you. Choices become behavior and behavior becomes character. If you don't deal with things, you will, you will become overtaken by dysfunction and that will become your identity, which ultimately is the description of madness. So here's the question I'd like to leave with you. This is kind of the point of this whole thing. Identity is shaped by you. It is not governed by anything outside of you. It's not governed by your past, by your behavior, by your mistakes. It's not even governed by your natural talent or your natural weaknesses. It's governed by this thing. Who do you want to be? How would you like things to go with you? What's important to you? What will you nurture? What will you change? What will you give yourself to? What will you address? What will you ignore? Because those things will define you. And you are who you become. The beautiful thing is you can change who you become because you are the storyteller. You are not a victim in the story. You are not an actor in the story. Someone else has written you. You are the storyteller. I encourage you to reinvent yourself often to explore new and greater ways of being, to cultivate practices that enlarge you and beautify you. Don't tie yourself to externals. Don't validate yourself by what you do or by what others say about you. Grow or die. Take this concept of identity, 
understand how powerful it is and how much power you have in creating who you would like to be in your world. That's 10 Minute Tuesday. I hope that's been useful. Look forward to speaking to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp. It combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jaymanfraser.com. 